approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dynasty Coaches Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Coach Meany. Coach Dylan, sorry, alongside uh, Coach Nick and Coach Charlie. Uh, how you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Doing real well. Thanks, everybody. Good, good. So, you know, we're trying to get into uh, some Dynasty pieces here for you guys. Uh, we got a couple segments that we're hoping to line up but uh the nfl is kind of going nuts these last couple weeks so we are going to uh start out by covering all the big signings trades ag- again so we got some big ones in there and then we're going to uh break down one of the rookies for you guys uh get you guys ready for the draft and then if there's time we will uh go through some trades and uh give our stance on which side we take and why we would take that side so let's go ahead and get into it here. Uh, we'll start with uh, one of the biggest news items. Uh, Deshaun Watson traded to the Browns. And with that, Baker Mayfield has demanded a trade from the Browns. Um, what do you guys think about it? Uh, is Deshaun Watson the best quarterback in that division now? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I believe so. Um Nothing on nothing on Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson's uh, a beast, but we uh, when he was on the field, I I saw what Deshaun Watson could do uh, as an elite two way player with Texans and do it well with minimal talent around him. And just sometimes in Baltimore, you know, we've kind of seen Lamar Jackson struggle a little bit throwing the football on different occasions here and there. So I think uh, Watson's just a little more complete of a player, and he's going to excel in uh, a system that should be built around him, Cleveland. So. I think you could honestly go either way, but um, I just I lean towards Watson. What about uh, Joey B, Joey Burrow? He's uh, right behind them for me. Right behind them. Okay, okay. Nick, what about you? Yeah, I, I think I think for me, all, all respect to what Joe Burrow has done in his his first you know, actual full season. Uh, I still think that he's third in that division. Mm-hmm. Um, are still there now. Obviously, Joe Burrow did what Lamar has struggled to do this and actually win a playoff game. Mm-hmm. But raw talent, I think Lamar is still right ahead of him. We'll kind of see what what Burrow does. He goes out and repeats the season he had this last year. Then yeah, I think you move above pretty easily. But Deshaun is obviously the king of that division now. Um, to, to Charlie's point, what he did with I'm being generous here a meaty Houston offense. Um, mm-hmm. I'm Across the board, the line was bad. The running back was bad. The wide receivers were, eh. And then when they traded away, obviously our boy there, that was that was. I mean, that's it. D Hop's gone. There was nothing in in Houston after that. So, um, you know, I think Deshaun's the king of that because he took mediocre at best and made it good. I mean, there is so many games he just single handedly won. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just want to see it first before I can say Sean Watson is better than uh, Joe Burrow. I think uh, he's definitely second for sure. 
Um, but we'll see. He's, he's going to have at least probably at least a six game uh, suspension by the league, I would think. So we'll see. Um, he may not even serve that this year, though. So. so here's a thought. Do you think they hold on to Baker and try to make him play a six game suspension? No, because they just signed Jacoby Brissett also to uh, because Baker's not going to stay. So, but the Browns have been a very heavy run first offense since uh, Baker started. Do you think that stays that way or do you think it gets more of a 50-50 split? We're going to see more of a split. We should see more of a split, especially considering – uh, Deshaun Watson's just ability with the ball in hands because we've seen him, you know, he could just he could throw 50 yards down the field with ease. And that's not something you should toss to the side for the sake of the run game. So while the while the Browns have a you know a good run game, um, they shouldn't throw it away completely. It should be more of a 50-50 split because you want to use Deshaun Watson's best ability, which is him throwing the football. Um, that's why they brought him in because we saw Baker tend to struggle. But Deshaun Watson can can do it a lot better. So throw the ball. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think you're going to see a, a almost Kansas City where you know Deshaun's going to get chances to make those those dazzling plays, make those throws down deep, hit his his talent. He has an offensive line going to give him all the time in the world. And then as soon as they back off the line to try to stop him, then you're going to see Chubb and, and Hunt go after it, and then they'll suck back up, and then you. Watson will throw it all over him all day long. I think you're going to see a much more balanced approach. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, Watson is uh, leagues ahead of uh, Baker Mayfield in talent. And this, like you said, this is going to be the best offensive line that Watson's ever played with. Uh, in Houston, he was kind of running for his life every every game. So a thing, though, is uh, hopefully Amari Cooper can live up to half of what DeAndre Hopkins was. Uh, for him in Houston. So, but uh, last thing on this, do you think Baker Mayfield was a victim of the system being a run first system? Do you think if he goes to more of a pass, uh, pass heavy offense, he can still be something? I mean, he was that number one overall pick a couple years ago. So I, I saw something that said Houston or not Houston. Pittsburgh was really, hyped on Baker Mayfield and they would sign him if the opportunity came or if a trade was able to, I think they said if the Browns cut him that they would jump on him, but I, I don't know. I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in, in Baker Baker's arm. I don't think the Browns so much did either. That's why they were such a run heavy team. So is he a victim of the system or is he a victim of his, his own faults? and then the team recognizing those faults and then correcting the system to try to make up for his faults. But I, I, I don't know. I think that if they goes to, you know, if he goes to a team where there's, it's a pass heavy offense, I don't think it's going to favors. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with Nick on this one. I, even if he goes to a system where he's going to get the chance to throw the ball a lot more. Um, I just don't think that's going to help him at all. I think if anything, he's going to kind of expose his flaws a little more because we saw in Cleveland, they like to run a ball a lot in order to hide, you know, the weaknesses of Baker Mayfield. Um, and cause when he had the throw, it wasn't always the prettiest sight in the world. So giving him an opportunity in a system elsewhere might not be, um, might not be to his liking or to his benefit, I should say. 
I hear you. I think I said last week, maybe the week before, that uh, he hadn't thrown a bunch of interceptions, but he actually did throw quite a bit whenever they let him throw. So he was more of a uh, almost a uh, same touchdown uh, to interception ratio. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully he's, his career's not over. But I mean, who knows? Let's go ahead and move on. Uh, more quarterback news here. Matt Ryan traded to the Colts and the Falcons sign uh, Marcus Mariota to be their quarterback. Uh, first off, what's you guys' reactions? And then does Mariota have a chance to start for the Falcons, do you think? Well, I do have to say I absolutely love that for um, for uh, the Colts and, and Matt Ryan. Me too. I do too. Um, because Matt Ryan shown in the past that if you surround him with quality players, quality mm-hmm. talent around him, he will succeed. But if he doesn't have anything around him like he did last year, he's going to struggle. Mm-hmm. And him in a situation in Indianapolis where you're giving him a, a top five offensive line, a stud running back in Jonathan Taylor, you already have a really good receiver in Michael Pittman. They're probably going to add some more weapons. He's he's gonna he's gonna play well. Um, he's gonna be in a comfortable situation. They'll be able to play to his strengths. Because the Colts already had a well constructed roster. That was just that one question mark, which was quarterback. And now they've solved that. And on another note, I absolutely love this for Michael Pittman. Just mentioned him before. Um, it seems that the Colts want to kind of use him now with Matt Ryan there in the Julio Jones type of role. And we saw what Julio was able to do with that in fantasy for those several years of Matt Ryan. So however long uh, Matt Ryan's in Indy, uh, I'm absolutely loving Michael Pittman's value. I love everything about the Matt, the move for Matt Ryan. It's great. I think that if the Falcons were going to trade him, I think they did right by him by t- sending him to, to the Colts. I think they're an automatic competitor. They were last year. I think they're an automatic further competitor now with a bit more consistent quarterback in the backfield. Playoff riding Jonathan Taylor, right? So I think with a quarterback that can also throw the ball still and has the mind not make the mistakes that Carson Wentz was making and he's not running for his life behind a, a shambled offensive line, I love the move from Matt Ryan. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I, love, I love this move also. I think uh, this is definitely going to be the best offensive line that Matt Ryan has had to block for him in a long time. I think uh, I saw something where he's going from the 27th ranked offensive line to the number 12th ranked offensive line last year. So it's what you want for an older quarterback. You want to keep him upright and uh, keep him healthy. So um, what do you you guys think that uh, Marcus Mariota is the shoe-in starter for the Falcons, or do you think that they go and draft a – quarterback in the NFL draft or even go after like a Jimmy Garoppolo or something? Um, right now, I'm of the mind that they're going to stick with Mariota for this year, at least. Um, 2022, we know the quarterback class, you know, on paper isn't as strong as what it's likely to be in 2023, where you have your CJ Stroud and your other top prospects coming in. Um, so I think if I were the Falcons, I would just let it ride with Mariota. It's a very bad team. <laughs> you'll more than likely get a top five pick in the draft next year. And that should be enough to get you the QB. Yeah. I, I tend to be the same mindset as Charlie here. I think that they'll ride out Mariota. Um, and if for whatever reason they do go and draft a quarterback this year, which I think would be the smart choice. I think you line up some of your different. Mm-hmm. 
for QB next year, like Charlie's saying. Um, but even if they do, I still think Mariota's the day one starter, and it'll be whoever they bring in. Yeah, I would definitely say I don't want them to draft a quarterback this year because they are setting themselves up perfectly for the number one overall pick next year. They uh, And there's two great quarterbacks coming out, uh, Stroud and the Bama kid. So they, I mean, their wide receiver core is probably the worst in football now uh, with Calvin Ridley being out for the year. So they're setting themselves up, just suck this year and go out and get one of those guys. So uh, moving on here, uh, the only two quarterback news, uh, we got two going back to the previous teams they were on, Fournette back with Tampa Bay and um, Rashad Penny back with Seattle. Uh, What do you guys think of those? I uh I love that for Penny especially um because mm-hmm. we know Seattle is not trending in a, the right direction right now after the Russell Wilson trade and unless, unless they make any more changes you know there's rumors about Baker there's rumors about adding some type of other quarterback to the roster but as of right now Drew Locke would be the starting quarterback on week one and we know that he uh isn't the best option out there you know he's mm-hmm. he's got his weaknesses um, so that means they're going to want to lean on the run game even more than they normally do, which we all know Pete Carroll absolutely loves. So I think that's a good sign for Rashad Penny. Um, obviously, Chris Carson is still there, but Penny wouldn't have come back if he didn't think he was going to get a sizable role. Um, plus, you know, you never know with injuries. Uh, Carson has his injury history. Penny does as well. So there's the potential that one of them goes down and the other one can take over the three down back role. So that's also something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I like them. And I, I believe Charlie actually mentioned it with the unretirement of Tom Brady that it was likely Fournette would come back. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice for Fournette because you no longer have to deal with Ronald Jones because yeah. uh, he, he's a free agent. And then I don't think Giovanni Bernard is back either. So he's the only back there right now. So where does that I, – I got a question for you guys then. Where does that put Leonard Fournette in your running back rankings? He's definitely I, – I think he's probably definitely a top 15 for sure um, because they're, they're going to have a great offense again. They're going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, I think he's he could be top 10 for me potentially to be honest. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's probably closer to top 10 than top 15. Yeah. yeah. I'd put him in my, my kind of my 11 spot and then pro- – <laughs> Mid-seed, easily be in the top 10. I could definitely see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, we got uh, two extremely big wide receiver moves here. Devontae Adams traded to the Raiders. And then what we just found out, a huge trade. Uh, Tyreek Hill is traded to the Dolphins. Um, we'll start with uh, Devontae Adams to the Raiders. What does this do for Adams' value? And then also on the flip side, what does this do for Carr's value? Well, um, Devontae Adams is no longer a top five fantasy receiver. He's a top 10 fantasy receiver. You know, small dip. Um, but obviously when you go from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr, you have to acknowledge there's a, there's a dip in quarterback play. Um, but that being said, Derek Carr still knows how to throw the football. He can find his guys when they're open. Devontae Adams is going to be obviously the best option on that roster. So he's still going to – give you very, very good value. Um, and I honestly like this for the other uh, other weapons on the Vegas roster because Devontae mm-hmm. Adams is going to be the one player that defenses are going to try and key in on. 
does opens up more opportunities for Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I, I would say that Devontae Adams walks in as the, the best wide receiver to Don Raiders drinking quite Yeah. Yeah, he uh he's definitely the best that they've had. I mean, I don't even remember the last last uh, good one that they had. So um I wrote an article that's up right now that's uh, saying uh, I've seen a lot of people panicking on Adams because of this, but I mean, he was, he was the best receiver in the league for a reason. I know that he had Aaron Rodgers, but the guy is super talented. So he got, I mean, he was peppered with targets in green Bay. He's going to continue to be peppered with targets in Las Vegas. I mean, he's a different wide receiver than Hunter Renfro. So, I just want to point out that I said when we started going through this whole negotiation with Adams that he would want to step out of the Aaron Rodgers shadow. Was this that he wanted to step out of the Aaron Rodgers shadow or was it more he wanted to go play with his quarterback? He could do it. I just want to say and point out that I said that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Impact on uh, Green Bay. They're obviously going to need to go out and get some some receivers in the draft here. Yeah, that's – that's just so mystifying to me because they brought back Aaron Rodgers, you know, immediately, you know, Packers are going to be a contender. They want to contend. Mm-hmm. And then this, we're going to trade, you know, the, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And mm-hmm. you know, that leaves what Amari Rodgers and a paper bag. on mm-hmm. that. Yeah. 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 You know what? Whatever. It's what yeah. it so awful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That great. And, no. They're gonna have to pour a lot of assets into improving the weapons for um, for Aaron Rodgers before this year, because you know he can he can do some things, but he can only do so much without a good supporting cast around him. So yes. I fully expect at least the first round pick, if not a second or third round pick as well, devoted to the wide receiver position in the NFL draft. I say they don't go out and get him anything. Let's find out if Aaron Rodgers. All right, all right, all right. We all we all know how you feel. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we we, we, we can just skip. Feel. We can just skip you on anything, Green Bay. All right. Yeah. Uh, moving. Aaron <laughs> <laughs> Rodgers. Enough said. Let's go to the Tyreek Hill uh, news here. Um, I have no clue what the Chiefs are doing. First of all, you have what is the best division of football right now, loading up on supreme talent. I mean, you might have four four playoff teams out of this division, and they go and trade their what's quite possibly their best uh, asset. What are they doing, guys? Yeah, uh, Dylan, we were talking about this before the show. It, it just doesn't make any sense at all. You know, one of your rivals just brought in a top ten receiver. Mm-hmm. Your corresponding move is to oh, you know what's a great idea? Let's trade away Tyreek Hill. Oh. I don't know who the hell's running things over there in Kansas City because they're stupid. <laughs> Oh God! Stupid. Yeah, you're leaving. Uh, you know, you still got Travis Kelsey. So it's not like you're leaving Patrick Mahomes without anything. We all know what Travis Kelsey can do. They but, signed Juju too. Yeah, and they just signed Juju, and they have, I guess, mm-hmm. McCole Hardman, who hasn't really done much, but he's there. Yeah, it's just you don't trade away a game-breaking weapon like that when you're coming off of deep playoff runs. You know, Super Bowl appearance. What, what What are you doing? It ju- It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, the same thing um, with the Packers trading away Devontae Adams. You don't trade away pieces that are going to help you win now when you're trying to contend. It just it defies logic. Is Mahomes still a uh, top two quarterback for you? Yes. And this is funny because 
I was talking with some of my other friends who were, we had this huge argument because one, one of them is just uh, uh, not a Patrick Mahomes guy at all, not a Patrick Mahomes believer. But we had this discussion and we, we came to the general consensus that Patrick Mahomes is an elite QB and he makes the players around him better. And it, for the most part, doesn't matter who's around him because he can carry a team by himself. Not every other quarterback is like that. So mm-hmm. Kyrie Kill, while it's a blow to the Chiefs offense as a whole, I'm not going to change my QB rankings for Mahomes as of yet. Yeah, I agree. I think he's kind of a very Peyton Manning-esque uh, leader. He does make everything around him better. It doesn't matter who it is. They can walk into the building and, and be better. Uh, his little brother, that one. But anybody else, he makes better. Um, so, top two for me, no. But that's just me. Personally. I think that would probably tell me otherwise. But I, I did not like the slump that I saw out of him last year. So, I, I'm up in the fence. He's still definitely top four for me. I, I had him as my number one. I'm going to drop him down to my number two for sure. Um, I can't put him ahead of Josh Allen anymore with uh, this news. But – We'll see what he gets in uh, in uh, the draft. I mean, they could go out and sign a big, big time wide receiver like a Traylon Burks or something, and that might change then. But uh, what are the impact on Hill and Waddle? Does this affect Waddle a lot? Well, Waddle's not going to be um, like the bona fide wide receiver one guy that we kind of mm-hmm. thought he would be coming into this year because Tyreek Hill is also that. So I kind of think this makes both of them more of like a low-end wide receiver one, maybe high-end wide receiver two, because we still kind of don't know what Tua is all about. Um, you know, and it's going to be a new system as well. Sure, there might be some growing pains with that. Um, and there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed in that system. We can't forget they just signed Cedric Wilson as well, and Mike Kosicki's around as well in the tag. There's a lot of weapons. So I don't think one guy is going to kind of – take command and be the alpha it's going to be spread out yeah i i agree i think uh hill was always now obviously two different positions but hill had kelsey right so he always had a, a load share that, mm-hmm. that he wasn't going to be the primary guy but i think he goes into this one with the same mentality and i think while waddle is still young compared to tyreek i think that waddle showed us enough and showed the nfl world enough last year to get the man and to come in and be able to push it. I think the two of them will be having one. They're yeah, they're, they're kind of the same uh, type of receiver. I mean, they're both extremely fast. Um, I know Hill was more of a deep threat, whereas Waddle was more of a slant and let's see what you can do in, um, in open space. But they're both extremely fast, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see how Miami uses them. Um do they send them deep every play, or I mean, because they're going to be able to burn most most DBs uh, on the field whenever they're on there. So we'll see. Plan when they won their Super Bowl was just get the fastest wide receiver on the field and out there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, moving on here, Robert Woods traded to the Titans, and the Rams signed Allen Robinson. Um, what do you guys think does, this does for the values of both of those guys? Well, I just want to say it's about damn time Al Robinson got a good quarterback. Yeah, finally. You know, and you know we saw what he could do. He put up numbers with Blake Bortles. He's putting up numbers with Mitchell Trubisky, and then Matt Nagy finally decided to ruin Al Robinson. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that one season in Chicago when Justin Fields came around, which, you know, not on Justin Fields. I love Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. That, he was just an awful coach. So putting him on a team that with a great quarterback in Matthew Stafford, we know what he's going to do. And with an alpha wide receiver, Cooper Cup, who's got, kind of going to help draw some of the attention away from him. I think that's a huge win, especially with Robert Woods now out of town. We'll get to him in a little bit. Um, Allen Robinson lines up nicely as a wide receiver, too. And I think he can put up kind of, you know, comparable numbers to what he's done in the past. Maybe not as a wide receiver one, but a high-end wide receiver, too. I think he's kind of comparable because we saw Robert Woods succeed with Cooper Cup together in L.A. for the longest time. I think Allen Robinson can come in and basically do the same thing. Yeah, I, I'm going to echo that sentiment. I think that it's going to be the, the tale of two players who have been in purgatory for so long and Matthew Stafford and Allen Robinson. I mean, what they've both been looking for. I mean, look what Stafford did last year, finally out of the mire that was uh, was Detroit. It's a great for Robinson. I think it's a great turnaround, and hopefully he'll be able to get back after this player that we all hoped and had been sitting around waiting. Yeah, I just hope it's not too late for Robinson. I mean, he's getting older. Hopefully, he can. He's, the talent's still there. Hopefully, so. Um, what about Robert Woods? He's they just got rid of uh, Julio Jones, so he's definitely the number two. Um, does he have more upside than Julio last year? Uh, I say yes. Woods is uh, a little younger. I think his legs are fresher. Um, and he doesn't have as much of an injury history as Julio did. Granted, Woods did have some bad ACL injury at the end of the year, which was unfortunate. But um, I think he'll be able to come in and be produced. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. He's a great route runner, and I think that's going to help Ryan Tannehill, who I've said before on this podcast I expect a bounce-back year from. So I think that'll help Woods a bit as well. So I, I like Woods this year for fantasy. Yeah, I was always kind of up and down on, on Woods when he was in L.A., especially after they brought in DJ. Kind of, he was working his way out of there. So I think it's a great thing for Woods. Um, I'm obviously much higher on the Allen Robinson upside in L.A. than I am with Woods in Tennessee. But at mm-hmm. this point, he is the number two guy. I think he has a bit of a healthier history than Julio did. Um, so I think he has, he has a good and help. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I think he's gonna be decent on the on the uh, Titans. He definitely went down because you're going from Stafford to uh, Tannehill. But at the same time, I do expect Tannehill to have a better season than he did last year. He was uh, top twelve at least last two or three previous years before now. So I hope he uh, gets back to that uh, low end number one guy that he has been for the last couple of years. So. Uh, Couple other moves here. Juju to the Chiefs. Juju Smith Schuster to the Chiefs. Um, James Washington to the Cowboys. And then we'll get into some tight end stuff here. Um, OJ Howard signs with the Bills, and Robert Tonyan is back with the Packers. Uh, what are you guys' reaction to those? Oh, well, Gerald Everett signs with the Chargers, too. Sorry about that. Um, I love the, well, especially in hindsight now after the Tyreek Hill trade, I love the, the, the move to get Juju. Mm-hmm. Um, because he came into the league, uh, he exploded right away and put up some incredible numbers. So we know that he has the ability to, you know, play as an RB, um, not RB one, excuse me, wide receiver one mm-hmm. league. And giving him the best quarterback he's ever played with, Patrick Mahomes, is only going to serve to increase his value. Like I said before, like we said before, Patrick Mahomes just ele- simply elevates the play of everybody around him. 
And uh, Juju's a good route runner. He's kind of shifty. He can uh, do those little short routes, stick routes. Uh, he's got speed, so he can take place to the house. Um, he's going to be a guy that Patrick Mahomes will simply find uses for. And um, in fantasy football, that's more than enough on the Chiefs. Yeah, I like Juju. I like Juju, especially considering the only thing I've really known Juju for over the last two years is playing video games. So I'm <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it, I think it's gonna be a great. I think it's it's gonna be another one of those scenes, kind of like you're talking about Alan Robinson, where hopefully he's still got takes to be elite because now he has an opportunity to come back and prove to us all what the team still there and still has the talent. Yeah, the only difference with Alan Robinson and Juju right now is uh, Juju's still young. He's still only like 25, 26. He came in the league. I mean, he seems like he's been in the league longer, but he came in the league at like 20 years old. So he's he's still pretty young for a receiver. Um, so we'll see what he can do finally. Like you said, he has the best quarterback in, uh, that he's ever had. Uh, let's say something because Big Ben was something there for a while. So, um, But... Yeah, there's the news and notes for the uh, NFL. We'll keep continue to keep you guys updated on that whenever we see them. But uh, let's go ahead and get into our next segment here, our rookie breakdown. Uh, this week we're gonna do Brian Robinson, running back for Alabama. Um, he he put up some some pretty decent stats uh, last year or in college, fifty five games. Um, over five years, he was there for five years. Um, 545 attempts, 2,700 yards, 29 TDs. And then he also put up decent uh, receiving numbers, 52 receptions, 446 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, he's a big back, 226 pounds, um, 3.05 pounds per inch. So he's, a, he's actually pretty pretty stocky. Um Alabama has had some big time uh, running backs come out uh, over the recent years. Uh, Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacy, TJ Yeldon, Kenyon Drake, Derrick Henry, Bo Scarborough, Damian Harris, Josh Jacobs, and then the most recent Najee Harris. Is he going to be one of the top backs coming out of Alabama? Or do you guys think that uh, he kind of fills in? with the uh, likes of like a Bo Scarborough or TJ Yeldon? I think he's going to find a place, um, find a team that will have some use for him because uh, he was a redshirt senior. So he, this is really like the first year he got to kind of show out and show, you know, show the football world what he had. Cause he was behind, you know, Najee and Damian Harris and Josh Jacobs those years he was at Alabama. And he's, you know, he's, he's a big guy, big frame. So he's kind of good in um, those like short yardage situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like to me, but he's also because um, I actually took the time last night to watch some of his game tape, and he seems he's really good in pass protection. He's very adept at picking up, uh, you know, anyone's blitzing in from the secondary or from the linebacker position, pick that up and give his quarterback enough time to get rid of the football. And you know, he's a good pass catcher, like you said, Dylan. He can do that as well. So he's a good all-around back, and I frankly, I don't, every team could use that, even if you have an entrenched starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what impressed me the most when I was watching some of his his game tape is the fact that when the pocket would break down and things weren't going right, he always found a way to give his quarterback an out. Right? Mm-hmm. He always saw 
developing and he would slip under the the line and give his quarterback an option to go to or he'd hang back and give a pitch route to go to he was very very smart very intelligent when he would be watching play and see that something wasn't going right and he would bail around and, and give his quarterback a place to go with the ball but I mean he's a great runner strong runner breaks tackles runs through people and and he's not you know cj2k when it comes to the joystick but he's shifty enough to get around people and make people you know stutter step and mess around i think he's going to be a great prospect for a team that needs it and even for a team like charlie said who has an entrenched starter i think he's going to be a great rotational player yeah i hear you um he's he's quick for his size too he's i mean 226 uh pounds running a four five three do you guys know what the adjusted 40 yard dash is the weight adjusted 40 yard dash you guys ever heard of that? No. Yep. All right. So there's something uh, on PFF, an article that I read about, uh, you know, a, a four or five three is is great for a back that's 226 pounds, but it's not so great for a back that's 200 pounds. All right. So the weight adjusted 40 yard dash takes into account the player's weight. So. Um, it's a simple formula. It's the uh, um, player's weight times 200, and then that divide that by the 40-yard dash to the fourth power. Um, if you guys want to, again, if you guys want to read more about it, it's on a PFF, and I use that a lot. I found that uh, anything over 100 uh, is actually pretty good for a for a running back. Um, so again, check that out if you get a chance. It's actually a pretty good read. Um, but I take, I take that into account whenever I'm evaluating these guys is, you know, four, five, three is, is great for a guy, his size, um, guys, you get up there. I mean, AJ Dillon had another one big guy, but he's fast for his size. So, but, uh, just kind of a side note here. Um, so let's just get into the combine measurements while we're at that. I mean, four, five, three, 40, uh, 107.34 adjusted 40 time and 119 broad jump and 30 um 30 inch vertical jump so explosiveness with the broad jump and vertical jump is not great but i think that he has more explosion than than what you're seeing there um he's going to be definitely a between the tackles type of runner i think i don't think he's going to be that guy that breaks it outside a whole lot so you're going to need He's going to need to go to a team that has a good offensive line that can uh, create holes for him, I believe. But uh, I think a great team fit for him would be Houston Texans. He's he's going to have – I mean, they're in rebuild, obviously. But uh, he's going to have – that's probably his best chance of a starting job, I, I think, at least. Um, other than that, Kansas City also, uh, they're going to need – a line or they're going to need a back to help out see uh, Clyde Edwards Lair. So that's my two uh, team fits for him. Uh, who you guys got for team fits? Um, I could see the Falcons. Falcons. Actually has a fit. Cordero Patterson is only there for one year. He's 31 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to want to start reloading with cheap and uh, inexpensive guys, you know, to help build that offense back. And that fits the bill. Um, and another team I could think of kind of sneaky is the Eagles. Um, because I just also don't think that they're necessarily sold on Miles Sanders. And I think Robinson would make an excellent compliment to Kenny Gainwell. Mm-hmm. Might be a Jordan Howard type guy. Mm-hmm. 
I like both of those. Um, I mean, I like all your guys' teams, realistically. Uh, I have a hard time doing team fits. I'm not the greatest at it, but um, I, I could see Houston, right? You don't need him to come up and, and rip the team up straight out of the gate. You can take some time and let him develop into the player that you know he can be by the time. I think it's a, I think Houston's a good fit for him. Okay. Uh, who you guys got as a player comp for him? So uh, a player comp that I had, he's obviously not the same size, uh, not quite the same size, but similar build. I thought of Brandon Jacobs, honestly, because um, I remember watching Brandon Jacobs and the Giants all those years and those good on uh, those good Giants Super Bowl teams, and he was a he was just an absolute beast. There's no other way to put it. He uh, had unnatural size, he, you know, just power through guys in between the tackles and. When he needed to, he could. Uh, he had decent value as a as a pass catcher. He was good in pass protection. Um, I just thought that was something that makes sense. It was literally just the first thing that popped into mind for me. Yeah, I mean, I was watching his his college tape and then watching some other Alabama people. I figured I'd, I went with a theme. I went with other Alabama players just because there's so so many good Alabama running backs. But watching him play, um, obviously he's a bigger than Mark Ingram, but his movements are kind of the same. Not quite as shifty as it was in college, but the the put your nose down and just run through people, that same mentality that, that Mark had about wanting to deliver the hit instead of always being hit. So I, I like that one. Yeah, I kind of went with uh, the same thing with the Alabama guys. Um, like I say, he's going to be that guy that just puts his head down and runs right through uh, the line, I think. So I got uh, guys like Eddie Lacy. I mean, he's not as big as Eddie Lacy, but he's gonna fuck, he's gonna pound the ball like Eddie Lacy did. Um, guys like uh, Damian Harris. I think that uh, that's a good comp to him. Um, somebody that Al Harris doesn't really catch the ball a whole lot out of the um, backfield, but I think that uh, teams are gonna use him a lot like those guys. So. I don't think he's going to ever be a three-down back, even though I think he probably could. I just don't see teams using big backs like that as they're receiving downs back. Yeah. Um, doesn't happen a whole lot. So I think he's probably a first or second down back, and then uh, red zone is where you're going to use him. So, Who's the secondary running back in San Diego behind Eckler? Uh, you got Justin Jackson and <laughs> – I thought Justin Jackson was a free agent. Is he? Then he got. Uh, Let me double check. And anybody buy better than this kid? Because that could be a spot. Yeah, I don't know if I'd like that because he take touchdowns away from Eckler. I didn't ask you if you'd like it. I, said. I know. Uh, let's see. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not about it's Justin Jackson and I want to say Josh Joshua Kelly. Oh yeah, that's the other guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that that could be a decent team fit for him. We'll see. So, uh, anything else you guys want to mention about him before we move on? No, I'm good. I'm just – I'm excited. I really like – I like these profiles that we're doing Mm because people that I'm not really putting on my radar necessarily. So, it it was good to look him up and get to know him. Yeah, absolutely. We want to be able to see if these guys can find a home, you know, because you always want to root for the rookies. Yeah. It's definitely going to matter about landing spot. That's, I mean, all these rookies is definitely 
something can change drastically if they land in a good spot compared to a bad spot. So, but I'm trying to give you guys the best uh, pre-draft stuff that we can give you. So, um, we will go ahead and move on here. Um, so, I picked uh, three or five trades here. Um, I used the uh, Dynasty Nerds uh, Facebook page. Just picked uh, five five trades that I thought were interesting. Uh, just uh, I want to hear you guys on what what side you would uh, take, and then uh, kind of walk us through your evaluation on the trade and why you would pick that side. So the first one here is uh, twelve team um, twelve team PPR superflex tight end premium. Um, team one receives Dalvin Cook, Christian Kirk, Trey Lance, and a twenty twenty two first round pick. For Jonathan Taylor, is that too much to give up for the best running back in the league, or is that on par there? Boy, that was uh, talk about getting value back. I think if I'm uh, the one selling Jonathan Taylor, I absolutely love the package I got back um, because you know Dalvin Cook is still an RB one, so you're, you're getting that similar type of production back. Um, you got Christian Kirk, who's going to be the wide receiver one in that Jacksonville offense. Someone I think Trevor Lawrence will attempt to lean on. Um, and in Superflex, you got Trey Lance, who I think is one of the best dynasty QBs you can get right now as well. And then plus, it obviously doesn't hurt to get a draft pick. Yeah, I, I can't believe the haul that that dude gave up to get Taylor. I understand it, especially if the dude talking to him was hyping him up. But oh my lord. And that dude sold the whole farm. Yeah, I agree. I, I, Jonathan Taylor, you're going to have to give up a lot to uh, to get him. But I think that uh, Team One gave up way too much here. I mean, Dalvin Cook, he's getting older, but you still probably got a top five back for the next at least year or two. Uh, Christian Kirk, he's been nothing really all that great so far, but – I mean, he now goes to Jacksonville where he's probably going to be the number one, at least for the time being. And you have a quarterback there that we all think is about ready to uh, take the next step with his new coach. And then you got Trey Lance and Superflex. You're giving up a quarterback that has a ton of upside, um, especially with that team in San Francisco. Plus, you're giving up a first-round pick. I mean – Depending on where that is in the first round, I mean, if you gave up a top three pick, you're missing out on guys like um, Isaiah Spiller, um, Brees Hall, guys that actually could be very good in uh, in the in the league here. So I just think that uh, he gave up too much. I love Jonathan Taylor, but that's a lot. Yeah, it's a ton. That's an absolute ton. I can't that one. Yeah. Um, moving along here. Um, team one receives, and this was not me, Nick, so don't look at the team name here. <laughs> um, Kyle, team one receives Kyle Pitts, Javante Williams, a 2023 first, two 2023 firsts. Team two receives George Kittle, um, DK Metcalf, Cam Akers, the 1 1 this year, um, the 4 4 this year. A 2023 second and a 2024 fifth. This is a super flex PPR. I'm not sure how many teams um, 
what do you guys think here? Well, I'm uh, I'm always a proponent of getting the young studs, so I like the um, Williams and Pitts side, um, and it doesn't hurt that you get two twenty twenty three first in what I think is going to be a much superior class in terms of talent than twenty twenty two. I think Kyle Pitts is still the tight end one for Dynasty. Um, I know he's not in a pretty situation this year, but the Falcons are going to be getting their quarterback of the future very soon. And even if they don't, I know at least for this year, he's going to be the only guy Marcus Mario is going to be able to throw to. So that alone is going to give him value by volume. And Melvin Gordon hasn't come back to Denver. It looks like Javante Williams is going to be that unquestioned running back with the Broncos and giving him a, a, finally a good quarterback in Russell Wilson is only going to increase his value as well. So you're getting two guys who, in my, in my mind, are top three for Dynasty at their respective positions, plus premium draft assets in the coming year. That That's, I think, a side I would take without question. Yeah, I, I would agree. I always tend to, to trend towards the youth. Um, I think you, you got a great bounty there. Um, you gave up. I'm really confused by the, the choices and the, the later round picks. On the other side, it's just kind of confusing. It feels like he just picked up his kitchen sink and threw it at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and throw out the 4-4 in 2022 and the 2024 fifth. That's not really something that I really care about. Um, but I might go the other way on this. Um, the, 2020, the two 2023 firsts are, are nice, but... You got George Kittle, who's still a fairly young tight end. I mean, he's getting up there, but he's still only like 27, 28. So he's still got quite a bit of uh, years left. Um, DK Metcalf is going to be um, possibly, if they decide to trade Lockett, like the rumors have uh, been out there on, DK Metcalf is going to be really the only target there. Um, Cam Akers, I know he didn't look great. But that offensive line um, was failing big time for the Rams last year. Um, so, and he looked pretty good in his rookie year. So he's a second, third year player now. I, he's still young. Um, plus that one one. I mean, if it was me, I'm taking Brees Hall with that, and Brees Hall's going to be a stud. So plus you get that 2023 second. Um, on the other side, Pitts, he's going to be a the only target there. But, I mean, he's probably going to be getting thrown to by Marcus Mariota. So how, how great is that? Long term, there's a lot of questions with him. And then Javante Williams is nice, but I don't know. I don't know if he's like leagues apart from a Brees Hall and a Cam Akers. So... Let me ask you this, I mean, are you more comfortable with Kyle Pitts and Mariota, or are you more comfortable with DK Metcalf and Drew Locke? Because that's that's a good question. That that's the problem here. I think that's where Charlie's coming from. This too is that yes, we expect Trey Lance to be great, but we don't know it yet. So George Kittle is hint. We know what Kittle is. We don't know what Lance is per se. We know what Metcalf is with Russell. No idea what Metcalf's going to be with Drew Locke or whoever the heck else they bring in. That's true. That's true. 
I'm also more of a believer in uh, Mariota, I guess, because we saw Mariota succeed in the opportunities that he got in Vegas, and we knew that he could play well um, in certain circumstances as well when back when he was with the Titans. So I think he's got the experience, and uh, he's got some talent to succeed, and we haven't really seen the same from Drew Locke. So that was also uh, not yet yeah, Drew Locke. So that, that was a differentiating factor for me in this looking at this trade. I guess I guess the way that I was looking at it is Pitts is my number one dynasty tight end. Kittle is probably my number three, and it's not that big of a difference right now. Um, Akers and Brees Hall I would take above um, Javante Williams because you got two young stud waters, or two young stud uh, running backs compared to one young stud uh, running back. So you got more depth on the team. Um, but I mean, it's close. I, I just think that I would definitely go, um, on the right side with team two, but it's, it's definitely close for sure. Moving on here. Oh, sorry. Uh, Team one receives Allen Robinson and Dawson Knox. Team two receives the one seven and twenty twenty three second. What do you guys think? Uh, I would still. I think I take the player side. Um, Allen Robinson just put himself. We talked about this earlier. He just put himself in a really good situation with the rent. We're gonna have the best quarterback throwing in the ball he's had in his career. Um, I think he's still got plenty left in the tank to produce at a quality level. And um, Dawson Knox, again, same thing. He's got Josh Allen throwing him the football. What more could you ask for? Dawson Knox proved himself as a very good red zone threat. And in my book, a top 10 tight end for uh, fantasy and dynasty as well. And uh, 2022, the 107, you know, it's kind of towards the middle of the pack, you know, which, which is, you know, which is solid, but, you know, it's not great. Like if we were talking, you know, the 102 or the 103, you know, I might have a different feeling about this, but uh, – Towards the back, the back half of the draft plus the second round pick, it's not enough to move the needle for me. Yeah, uh, I think I think the values are are somewhat close for for the players. <laughs> I do towards uh, veteran players, but this one does intrigue me. I, I love I love his situation. I love everything that they got going on in Buffalo, and like I said uh, earlier, I believe. I'm, have a great season this year i think he's finally going to get out of the the mire that was his previous team and i think he's got a lot to show so as much as my my gut tells me to stick with my pick because that's what i do i'm gonna go with the, the player side yeah i think i'm gonna go with player side too um one seven i like to i like to put names to the to the picks so one seven you're probably looking at uh, Maybe a uh, – I would say, I would say probably one of those quarterbacks. Yeah, I was about to say. Probably like a yeah. taller uh, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, you're, the quarterbacks aren't great this year. So, I mean, it, I guess it would depend on landing spot. But you got uh, Allen Robinson, who's still probably got another two or three years left of good production now that he's got a quarterback thrown to him. And yeah. then uh, Dawson Knox. The only thing that scares me about that is they did just sign OJ Howard. Ooh, um, so does that take away from Dawson Knox in this situation? So, but you don't know what you're going to get from the uh, 
the draft picks coming up. And like I said, middle of the road. If it was like a 1-1, one, 1-2, one, one, I would take the picks, I think. Yeah. But 1-7, uh, it's kind of a toss-up this year. So, moving on here. Um, 10-team Superflex PPR half-point uh, tight end premium. Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle for Amon Ross St. Brown, the 1-8, the 3-8, and a 2023 second-round pick. Who you guys got? Who the hell made that trade? Yeah, Jesus age. Oh, my God. That's, that's, that's unquestionably just McCaffrey and Kittle. My goodness, especially in tight end premium. Are you kidding? I agree. What, moron, what moron did that? I like the first <laughs> Good, good. That's I agree. Good. This one was pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Rog, you know, that's all fine and good. He's he's you know, a nice young player, but that doesn't even compare to uh two top ten players in their respective positions. I mean, geez, uh, there's not much else to say except yuck. It's just uh Yeah, I feel like you should have took that red marker and just put it across the entire screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. My goodness, what a I think that uh the 22-3-8 and the 23 second round need to be first-round picks. Yeah. At the very least. So, first. Uh, team two kind of got smoked here in this deal. Um, Christian McCaffrey still has a lot of lot of production left if he can stay healthy. And George Kittle, like I said, tight end premium is number three right now. So, team two got smoked. And then the last one here. Deshaun Watson and Rex Burkhead for Case Keenum, Demetric Felton, and a 2024 third. <laughs> that, 20, comment, 20, that comment on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, for I'm glad you left it there. <laughs> that perfectly describes it. You've got to be <laughs> fucking kidding me. Part, yeah. part of my language. Part of yeah. my language. But that has to be said because yeah. that is one of the worst trades I think I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Top 10 dynasty quarterback and Rex, Rex Burkhead. Just Watson alone makes this trade ridiculous. What are you doing? You're getting in a 32-team league. Yeah. Third-round pick. Case Keenum and Armitra Felton. <laughs> you got some mental issues. I agree. I, I 100% agree. My first thought was, who the hell is trading Rex Burkhead? <laughs> was, who the hell is Elton? Yeah, Stormblast got smoked here. That, that is that is nuts. Like, I thought it was crazy when we saw, what was it, two years ago, Rob Gronkowski go number one overall in our fantasy draft. I yeah, think. yeah. I hope that guy got banned from Sleeper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty bad. Uh yeah, if I'm anybody else in this league, I am voting to kick this kid out of our league. Yeah, for that, sure. that, that feels like collusion at its finest. It has to be. There's no, there's no way around it. This that guy either knows absolutely nothing about football, or <laughs> they're colluding. There's, there's no other explanation for that. That's just awful. You know, okay. taking taking the taking Deshaun Watson out of this, I think it's still close for Rex Burkhead. <laughs> So, that's so gross yeah <laughs> so I have nightmares about this this is off oh. uh, yeah it's pretty bad awful so, so um 
that's all I got there. Um, I figured we'd, we'd end it on that one here. So, but, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we got, uh, some good stuff going on. We got our team articles going. Um, this week was, uh, the players to buy in a rebuild. So, uh, make sure you check that out. I just put up an article, um, about don't freaking out about, uh, Devonte Adams. He's going to be fine. Um, as always, you can see us at the fantasy coaches, um, fantasycoaches.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at dmini9688. Uh, go ahead and drop you guys' Twitter handles. Yep, you can find me on Twitter at ff uh, underscore Chuck V. It's where I post all my content. At in Lapton. So, yeah, that's all we got for you guys. And uh, we hope that uh, the NFL continues to give us breaking news like it's been because it's been fun yeah it's been fun we will see you guys next week thanks for tuning in later guys guys we'll catch you later the bag is not far fed we got a couple of clock hands i've been feeling super duper how the heck they know the future come with me don't be a loser grass is green like pooper scoopers clueless analysts don't do the half of this in fact i'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting Shh, like boom running like zoom the highest and mightiest entered the room high off the knowledge i'm feeling the fumes all players cover this nuts as legumes opponents are doomed and these are the facts i keep it 100 like i'm running track and listen up Jack. I'm a head back, back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, go.